Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Listen, if you're new here, if, if you're not uh, normally a church person, whatever that means to you, and, and this is kind of your first time or new to here, I just want to say what I'm trying to, to do today is hopefully be helpful to you as well. Those of you who call this your church home, I definitely want to be helpful to you. Uh, but I want to help us reflect for a few minutes just about this idea that we are all in a graduation season. I know we're celebrating high school graduates. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah, because I'm the student ministry director in case it hasn't been obvious by my energy and craziness yet. Um, But I I get the privilege to really talk about what it is that makes this graduation season so special. So graduates or high school students, I see some students down here, awesome. Uh, Middle school students, listen, this is all for you as well. Adults, no matter what your age is, do not zone out because here's what I know about life. We all have these times that we hit that are like graduation seasons. You know, when you hit that new job or you move to a new city, there is a graduation season that goes on and there's a transition that sometimes you don't know what to do with or you don't know what to do with the feelings or emotions that come with that. Or maybe there's a a different area of life. Maybe it's you lose someone or you lose a job and you're forced to go into just a different mode of life in that. Or, or maybe it's you add another kid to your family and suddenly you're playing in the zone defense where you are playing man-to-man and things feel really different, right? So whatever it is in your life that you face, I just feel like for all of us here this morning, what we need to think about is how do we do a great job of, of getting ready for those transitions uh, and how do we make that transition smooth? So at this graduation season, I just want to ask you guys one question as you think about and reflect on your own, whatever graduation season you're in, here's the question I want to ask you guys. What is your investment strategy? No, this is not about money. Everybody calm down, okay? In fact, you don't want to sit down and talk to me about investment strategy. Now, you might want to talk to my wife about investment strategy. She knows where our money is going and where it's being invested, but I have no clue. So do not talk to me about actual money investments. What I want to talk about is the kind of investment that you make in order to grow to be the kind of person God created you to be and help the other people around you grow to be the kind of people that God created them to be. Like what is your investment strategy for making sure you get to that place where you feel like you're making contribution to the people around you and you feel purposeful in your life? How, how do you get there? Do you have a strategy for that? Because here's what I know about everybody in the room. You are somebody's kid. That's true of everybody here. You are somebody's kid. And somewhere along the way, your parents looked at the hospital bill that it took to bring you home and they still decided it was worth it to keep going. So just so you know, you were expensive. You were a big investment for them. They took a lot of time. They took a lot of money and they invested in you. Hey, have you ever thought about this, teenagers, especially you? Have you ever thought about the fact why your parents don't dress in cool clothes? You know why that is? Because they're giving you cool clothes to dress in. They gave up their fashion for yours. That's right. And you, re- you know the reason why you don't have a beach house to go to? And you know the re- reason why you don't get to drive the coolest car that you really, really want is because your parents had you and they don't have the money to buy those things for you. Okay, so just so you know, you were expensive. Now, now I'm talking to everybody in the room. You were an expensive investment. Now I want you to think about for a second, all the people, maybe it's not just your parents. I'm making good jokes up here, but maybe it was your grandparents. Maybe it was an adoptive set of parents. Maybe it was a foster parent. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a coach. 
But I want you to stop and just pause for a minute in this graduation season that you're in and remember the people who sacrificed and got you to where you are today. I mean, can I tell you about a few of my people? And then you can kind of maybe use that to think about your people. I had a third grade teacher, Mr. Hensel. I didn't know teachers came in the male variety until third grade. He's the first male teacher I ever knew. And suddenly there was this, this energetic man in front of me and he wanted to make sure that every single shy kid got the chance to stand in front of the class and talk. He was amazing like that. We, and he would, he would do these math things where everybody had to stand up if you knew the answer to your multiplication tables and he would be snapping his fingers and you had to answer within five seconds if he called your name. Four times five, Jared, 19? No, it's 20, but good try. <laughs> I, I just corrected my own math in case you caught that. Sarah, good, right? I did that. So here's what I want you to think about. Mr. Hensel moved me from a place where I didn't know that I could do that in front of a class and on the spot. And he helped me to see the fact that it wasn't as scary as I thought. And then I had a lady who from the time I was five years old to the time I was 20, I was in a summer choir. I know, a choir nerd. But I sang in a summer choir every year. This lady took two days of her week, every week, to meet as many students as she could to sing in a choir, and then she would create trips for us to go on to sing to people. And her investment was huge in my life in understanding how to be confident in front of people and how to go to new places and meet people and, and just singing in a choir, the teamwork it required and the practice. And then I had a coach in basketball in high school who saw something in me this was a, a legendary coach at our high school. If you know anything about local basketball, if there's any local basketball fans, I'm not telling you this because I want you to be amazed by it, but I just want you to sense the, the, the gift that he gave me. He was, he was the coach in our high school history who went to the state tournament, and his team lost in 1983 to Henry Clay, a huge school. My school was small. My graduating class was 60 kids. So in 10 years before he coached me, he had taken the team to the state tournament. They lost in triple overtime, the final score was 33 to 30. He's a legend. And when I was a sophomore, he looked at me and said, I want you to be my point guard. And he gave me a starting position on the varsity squad. Guys, talk about people who made investments in my life and changed how I thought about myself. I changed about what it was that I thought I could do. It opened up a whole new world to me. And listen, you have those people as well. So I just want you to remember for a few seconds and think about that. Think about how grateful you are that there were people who sacrificed, who right at the right time came alongside you and helped you walk through something difficult, who, who helped prepare you for what was coming next, who encouraged you when nobody else would. Aren't you so grateful? And then I have this question. Will you be all that they get out of their investment? Will their investment in you end with you? Here's what I, little I know about investing money. That if you make an investment in small amounts at regular intervals over a long period of time, your money grows exponentially. Here's what I think. I think if you make incremental and regular investments in people over time, it's exponential. And what I want to encourage you today is to be grateful to the people who invest in you to get you where you are today but to also be willing to turn around and look behind you and see who God may be wanting you to invest in. 
and take a little bit of your time and a little bit of your wisdom, a little of your, your experience and use that to move somebody else their next step. Because what I see a lot that we forget that we have that kind of impact in very small ways. So here's what I'm gonna go. I just think that uh, parents and community members have probably invested in you a lot. Um, they sacrificed, but nobody who is a parent or a community member, and, and, and now you, I'm asking you to be somebody who invests in other people. Nobody invests in other people and just does it because they want to get good feelings because I want to be proud of how well I do at it. Like think about your, your community coaches and your community people who do these things at volunteer hours and they make sure you get to do these sports or these activities or these things in community. They don't do that just so they can look back and be like, yeah, I'm a really good coach. Look at all the kids I coach. And no parent is sitting there going, man, look at my kids. I mean, we're proud of our kids, but let's just be really honest. We're not sitting back just investing our kids just so people will look at us and say what a great parent we are. We're doing the investment for the good of the other people, right? So when we think about that, there is a certain idea that all of us, as we invest, if I'm asking you to invest in whoever's behind you, whether it's your kids or your neighbors or somebody nearby, or may, maybe it's somebody at work who, who you're managing and you're trying to help them come along in their job, whatever it is that you're doing to invest in other people around you, we believe our investments will pay off in the future, don't we? I mean, that's the reason why we invest. We invest for this future payoff, something that's coming. And, and here's what I think. I think we oftentimes, we miss what the payoff is. Like we misinterpret why we're investing. So we all on the same page here? All right, we're gonna go invest in people. I'm asking you to think about who you could invest in. You've been invested in well in, but there is a payoff. What is that payoff? What is the, because listen, I think especially in American culture, we are so individualistic that oftentimes we think, you know, if we just invest in a kid from one to 18, like that first 18 years, eh, you know what? They're all good. But we all know as adults, we get to 18, we get to 20, we get to 30, and things happen. And boy, it sure would be nice to have somebody investing in me still along the way. Somebody, somebody a little bit ahead of me. And we all get that. So here's the investment. I'm just going to make a, a case today that I think one of the ways that we think about a payoff is found in a letter that we find from Paul, one of Jesus' followers, to one of his protégés named Timothy. So let me give you a little background and how I get here. So Paul was originally named Saul. We find that out in the book of Romans. Saul was, man, he was a Jew. He was brought up to be basically a Pharisee, which was, he was a legal counselor for the Jews. And he was actually actively involved in hunting down Christians and taking them before the governmental body of the Jewish, wherever their Jewish town was, and bringing them before that to have them killed. He was hunting Christians down to have them killed, but he had this moment, this, this experience where he met Jesus and it changed him. And he became a follower of Jesus and everything about his life switched. And he became one of the major forces in moving Christianity out of Jerusalem into the surrounding areas. And Paul is known for planting churches everywhere. So if you look in your Bible and you open up some time or you scan through all the different books that are in there, right? And all those books are just different documents from history that we'll be able to keep up. You find two letters that Paul wrote that are personal letters to a guy named Timothy, we call him 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. But here's the, here's the big deal. Most of Paul's letters that we have are written to full bodies like a church. Like we have a church to the church in Colossae, to the church in Philippi, to the church in Ephesus. But here's the cool thing. We have a specific personal letter Paul wrote to this young man named Timothy. And we find out that Timothy is a leader in the church in the city of Ephesus. And this is what, I wanna make a big deal of this. Guys, they didn't have phones. 
They didn't have text messaging. They didn't have email. They didn't even have anything. That A letter was a very expensive thing to write. You had to have the money to buy the, the, the stuff. And, and a lot of times you had to hire a scribe to write it. And then you had to hire somebody to deliver it. And they had to take weeks and weeks to deliver it from wherever you were to wherever they were. And then you didn't know if they actually got it. This was a huge ordeal. Just think about the fact that Paul took the time. We, we have two letters. He may have written more to Timothy, but he cared so much about investing in Timothy. He wrote this letter, and it was a huge deal. And here's what we find that Paul writes to Timothy. I want to show you. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And isn't this a great message for all of us? I don't care how young you are, old you are. Isn't it great to know that nobody's looking down on you, that Paul writes this letter to Timothy and says, hey, keep your head up. Don't let anybody look on down you because of your age or what you don't know or, or the fact that you don't have the understanding or the wisdom to do with what you do next. Here's what I find. If you read the rest of this letter, here's what you'd find out. And here's why this is so powerful. Paul is telling Timothy about all the different things that he's giving him advice and wisdom on how to handle things that he's having to go through. And here's what I find when I read this letter of Timothy and why this is so important to me and why it makes so much sense to me is because Timothy was dealing with a lot of things that I deal with in life. Like, do I have what it takes to do this job? Or uh, do I know how to handle these people who are opposing me? Because Timothy had a lot of people in, his, in, in the community and in his church that were in opposition with each other and there were fights going on. And Timothy didn't know how to handle that. Or, or maybe, maybe uh, for, for me, another thing Timothy's handled is like, uh, are there, am I gonna be able to make this move from where I am now to getting these people to helping me do this next project that we're on? Like, do I know how to lead that way to help them do this with me? And so whatever it is you kind of feel like insecure or fearful about, it's kind of nice to read this and almost like see that Paul was also doing this for Timothy. And he's letting him know, hey, this is a real responsibility for you, but it's okay, you've got what it takes. And this is just on a real personal level for our church, this is why we work so hard to make sure that our students feel like they can be a part of our church from early on. In fact, right now, we have high school students who are making all of these lights and this stuff work here today, that making this service happen for you. They are serving to make sure that there's very few distractions and that everything works. We have middle school and high school students who served during the first service and they served with kids and there's some serving right now who are with other younger kids and they are making sure, look, we invite our students to be a part of what we're doing because we wanna make sure that they get to see that we're giving them real responsibility and that they are capable. And Paul tells us that. Paul, that's a great example for Paul. He also says this to Timothy. He says, but also set an example for the believers in speech in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Now this is interesting because as I grew up hearing this talked about in church, and maybe a lot of you have had this experience as well, this verse became a way in which to make me feel like I wasn't measuring up. But as I've read this as an adult, I realized that that's not really what Paul was doing for Timothy. It wasn't like he was saying, you're totally capable and way to go. Here's some responsibility, Timothy. And by the way, don't mess it up. That's not what Paul is saying here. If you read this in context of the letter, here's what Paul's attitude is. And you can go back and check it for yourself. First Timothy 4, read it and we'll see what you think. But Paul is going, hey, you are fully capable. Don't let them look down on you or young and just continue setting an example. You're going to make mistakes, but keep going. Young people, can I talk to you just for a second? All the adults in the room don't really know what they're doing. Okay. They've just gotten old enough and good enough at faking it 
that when they're scared, they just don't tell you. So just so you, you guys get me, like you are as good at life as they are right now. You just haven't got some of the experiences. You haven't learned some of the wisdom. Adults, you back with me? Okay, okay. So listen, here, here's the great thing about this. We don't need to use this as a way to hold out a standard that's unreachable. This is not saying you should be perfect. I've invested in you. And by golly, you better live up to my expectations or you're not gonna make it in this world. That's not what Paul is doing to Timothy. Paul is inviting Timothy to come along and keep going despite the things he doesn't know, despite the things that he feels insecure about. He's saying, just keep setting a good example in all these areas of life and you keep going. But so much of the time, adults just agree with this. Don't you feel like that people who are investing in you even right now don't think about it that way? Failure is failure. But Paul is reaching down to Timothy and saying, failure is not failure, failure. Let me help you up and let's keep going together. And what I love about this picture of a mentor and a protege is that it helps us understand better how to invest in the people around us, doesn't it? Because so many of you, I, I know in this room, here's what I know some of you are thinking. There is, a, there is just a danger because you believe the payoff is something different than what I'm trying to describe to you. So you, I believe that you think that the payoff of your investment is perfection in the other person. That the reason you invest in your kids or your grandkids or the people around you or your neighbors, it's so that someday they will be just amazing people and perfectly successful. That's not the real payoff. Because let me just tell you, my kids are better than your kids. Okay? I'm just, I'm just gonna be honest as a parent, as a really just an, an objective parent, my kids are better than all your kids, okay? And I say that in true honesty that I believe my kids are better than your kids. Every parent in this room is going, yeah, but my kids are better than your kids. I get it, we can fight about that later, but here's what I know about my kids. They're not perfect. No parent believes their kids are perfect. They think their kids are better than everybody else's kids, but they know their kids aren't perfect. Guess what? We're not shooting for perfection. You know you can't live up to perfection. That's why you feel the way you do some days. <laughs> so why do we think that our investments should pay off in perfection? That's ridiculous. Can I, can I share with you what I think the real payoff is? Here's the real payoff as you invest in other people. Here's the real payoff. Payoff is continuous investment. You know what I look forward to? I hope and I pray that as I invest in my own kids, that they want to come back home and let me keep investing them for the rest of their life. That's the payoff. You know what I hope is I invest in some of you that I get to serve with or work with in the community, that I'll build a relationship you where I get to keep investing in you as well and that you keep, to get, keep investing in me. That there is a continuous level investment all the time. The real payoff of investment is more investment. Because as you get more from the people who invest in you, you get to turn that back around and invest it somewhere else. And it's continuous cycle and strategy of investing in the people around you. And wouldn't that be great to live in? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? You know what the danger is to all this? I know I, I can hear you all saying it. Listen, you're scared that you, you're gonna, you don't measure up, you mess up, uh, you don't get it right, you don't have anything worth investing in somebody else. Or you're you have gotten so uh, selfish because people invested in you well and you've made such a success of yourself that you believe that it's really all about you. It's not. Those are the two dangers. So let me invite you into a different way. Paul said to Timothy, you need to release all that pressure 
from yourself because it's really not about you. He, he gives us this verse. He says, until I come, Timothy, I'm coming to help you. I promise. I'm coming back to help you. But until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching, and do not neglect your gift. Do not neglect your gift. You guys, you don't have to be a great preacher or teacher. This is not about you becoming a preacher or teacher. This is about you being willing to use what God has gifted you to do to invest in others. Can we go to that next slide, please? Listen, you devote yourself to using your gifts and you start investing in others. And here's what you'll find. That cycle of continuous investment increases your own growth. The way you continue to grow yourself is that you continue to grow and invest in other people. So can I make a hard case for those of you who are maybe new here or maybe this isn't your church or you're not sure if you wanna call this your church, you're just checking this out. This is for you too. Listen, you don't have to believe in Jesus you're not, if you don't believe that God is even a thing. Listen, this is a powerful principle. Go and invest in people around you and keep investing in small, simple ways and see what happens. Let me make that challenge to you. Can you invest in someone, just one person this week that you invest in just a small way? Take them a coffee, uh, smile at them, say, hey, you're doing a great job at work today. Do something to invest in the people around you and see if that doesn't make a difference. But listen, if you call this your church, can I just be really passionate for a second and really honest with those of you who, who live in this community and come to church here and call this place your own? Can I, just, can I just tell you a little bit about what my heart beats for? The... 40 to 50% of high school students who leave us will go to college and disengage with their faith in college. Surprise. Some of you were those people. I think a 50% return on our investment is horrible. You know one of the things that research has found keeps the other 60 to 50% engaged in their faith or college? You know what that is? You guys, can you, can you throw up that uh, slide that says the one to student, one student ratio? Skip that one. One student to five students, five adults. Your ratio investment, listen, here's what I need from you guys to realize. It takes five adults who know and understand a student's story before they feel confirmed and solid in their faith that aren't their parents. Their parents have to love them. <laughs> they do. But when they see somebody like you investing in them, guess what? They believe it. They believe it. So there are preschoolers in here that need to know that God loves them because they're safe and they're cared for and they're hugged and loved on and they're played with. There are elementary kids in there that need to know that Jesus is their friend and that he has practical advice for helping their life be better. And you could help them understand that. There are middle schoolers who need to know that it's not just their parents' faith, but it's their own personal faith that will carry them through life. And there are high school students who need to know that you believe that their faith is strong enough to last the test of what the world will throw at them because there are a lot of different ideas and there are lots of things going on and they don't know how to navigate it. And guess what? Every single student in the room right now is anxious and more worried than any other generation in the entire history of the United States. And they need you, five more adults in their life, to make sure that they can make it. You see why I'm so passionate about students? Because the, the research shows we can solve this problem. And all we need is a few more of you folks to help us invest in the next generation. So here's my question for those of you who call this place your church. Will you be a part of our continuous investment strategy? There is a card sitting right in front of you in the little pocket. 
Now, Matt introduced this card to you last week, but let me just say, Matt challenged me, and he doesn't think I can get more cards than he got last week, so I need your help, okay? I need you to just think about it this way. You fill out this card is not you saying, I'm in, I'm good to go. You filling out this card is just you being willing to say, I'll look at it, okay, you got me, send me the email, and I'll see what it's about. That's all I'm asking you to do today. That's not a big step, is it? Now, I'd love you to go for this week and invest in some people, but here's what I want you to do. Just think about investing in some kids right here in our own little community. Fill out this card, get some information, start the process, see what it's like, and along the way, you can tell me if this is not for you or not, and that's fine. But I just want you to explore the opportunity of being a part of this continuous investment strategy that we have going here because I think it's amazing. I think what we get to see come out of our students when they've gone through and had people like you invest in their lives, not me, I'm just the student ministry director. None of these kids really know me that well. They know their small group leaders really well. They have people who sit down with them every single week and talk about life. Those are the people I want you to be thinking about being. So here's my final challenge and then I'll be done. You have people who need you this week, even though you don't think you have the ability to invest. But if you will think about a small bit of continuous investment over a long period of time, I think you'll be surprised what God is able to do through you, just the way you are. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these people and what they do every single week to invest in people around them. I just pray everybody will kick it up a notch. And I pray that as we continue to invest in students' faith, that as they go out into the world, they have these people to depend on, they have mentors, they have friends, and they have advisors that help them walk through life wisely. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.